barely breathing. Almost comatose. Wall to wall. People hypnotized. And they're stepping lightly. Hang each night in rapture. Cause the man from Mars won't eat up bars when the TV's on and now he's gone back up to space where he won't have a hassle with a human race and you hip hop, and you don't stop just blast offshore shot cause the man from Mars stop eating cars and eating bars and now he only eats guitars, get up. Hello, and welcome to the Rolls of Acquisition podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest TV show where the lead just gets like high as fuck and they don't sell it as like a bad thing necessarily. Well, or do they? I Wait a minute. I don't know what this... Forget all that. Anyways, <sighs> with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And also Hugh Crawford. Hello. Uh, my name is... Wade Bowen, and yes, we are talking about an episode tonight called Rapture. Yes, which, this which is, is the most inappropriate name for this episode, but yeah, okay, yeah. Actually, it, there's more, there's names that make less sense to, I think. Well, we'll but, get into that just in a second. We'll unpack, yeah, we can unpack no, the name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Nine has historically had awful names, but yes, yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is, is yeah. uh, episode 10 of season five. It originally aired on December 30th, 1996. Uh, and here is the IMDb description Cisco begins having visions that may show him how to best help Bajor, but they're killing him. Period. That's it. That's the whole description. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it's pretty pretty apt. I mean, yeah, I get the title. He's in a religious rapture. He's not raptured up. No, he's not. There's no pleasure. There's no pleasure. There's no intensity. Oh, that, no. He, are you talking? He says it feels good. He there is pleasure in it. He's into the way it feels mm, for him. He keeps getting like these. He keeps getting migraines, man. He says literally, it feels pretty good. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a dumb. I think it sounds vaguely religious. And they just tacked it on. Oh, I mean, yes, that's what happened. But. They didn't nail that. <laughs> they didn't nail that title. They could got it. Back. I mean, I didn't say they nailed it. I said it made sense. He is in a kind of rapture state through a lot of this episode where he's just sitting there having visions and, and yeah, it feels good. Feels good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like a, Pepe. It's like or, or when uh, Tommy was so drinks scotchka <laughs> in the room. No. Yes, it is good. <laughs> All right. Guys, is this a good episode? Do, do you guys think this is a good episode right off the bat? Eh. I think it's it's a fine it's it's not a bad it well it's, it's a religious episode so those are um uh, and it's a Bajoran episode uh, this is this isn't just a religious episode this is yeah this is like a pivotal in a lot of ways yeah, yeah it's very pivotal for Cisco's role as the emissary very we've much. once again we've moved the ball down the field a little bit more yeah yeah, yeah. and my second watch at the beginning of the second watch a question entered my mind. And then, like, it irritated me the whole t second time I watched it, which is that the core of how the problem with these Bajoran religion episodes are that it's like they've forgotten that there's a scientific explanation for what's going on. And so through the whole episode, they treat Cisco 
like he's a like the Starfleet, like he's a crazy person. Yeah, like he's getting visions from like a Christian god or something. Um, no offense, I I don't know what the fuck am I supposed to say? The gods exist in this See? show. They're aliens in the fucking show. Right. So when Admiral comes down and he's getting visions, the Admiral should know that he's being contacted by an actual alien group that has powers that can see the future. So they're see, treating him like he needs to like get your shit together and come back down to earth, but he's actually being like a like what's going well, on is scientifically much more interesting and like I don't know why Starfleet is poo-pooing it as them getting ingratiated in some what, what, like what, what, shamanistic okay. kind of religious you're, bullshit. You're biting off. You're you're kind of getting into what my point of this episode was is that I think that they bit off well, the writers bit off a little bit more than they could chew with their subject matter. I and think I think James is getting into a, a good reason as to like why I think that. I I see what your I see your argument there, but I kind of saw it especially the second time through I watched it. I think they do provide a scientific explanation for what's happening with them. Yeah, and they're treating it because the scientific solution, even if it does have to do with the prophets giving him visions and stuff, he's it's like he's high. It's like, yes, we understand that these visions are going through and maybe the prophets are giving it to him, but you're not making rational decisions. You're fucked up on religious <laughs> but they've already talked to him they've already shown him the future yeah you know oh, that, that, that these aliens can see the future and specifically talk to benjamin cisco sure they know that at home the, the benjamin cisco's boss knows yeah, that but, but you can that can be true and it can also be that these aliens are getting him high and he's not maybe making maybe he's making decisions that the aliens want him to make but nobody asked that question everybody asked it like but they treat him like he's gone native and like he's like well, like he's Kurtz from fucking uh, Apocalypse Now. That's how they're treating him. Yeah, because to go Nate, that that's what going native might mean. He's putting maybe the the uh, ideals of this Bajoran religion, even with the facts of it, that the prophets are wormhole aliens. <laughs> right. That maybe he's putting them above the Starfleet ideals, and that but, makes them nervous. But they it's don't like, like the, it. But their solution to it is that he needs to... Not die. Uh, get his head back on and get your head back in reality. But he's being interdicted by a alien. Well, we all know whose fault this is. This is Bashir's fault because he was put on <laughs> right. light duty after he was diagnosed yeah. and then he still let him go down in that planet. And then when the Admiral questions Bashir about the medical situation, he's like, oh, I checked him out right before he left. Yes, he mm. did have some pro- something wrong with his brain. My motherfucker, well, why did you let him leave? Well, I got, I got an- there's an answer for that. Yeah, We can now start saying, quote, unquote, Bashir. Oh, that that's getting ahead of ourselves because but. of the costume change. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. <sighs> That's the tip right. of, I mean, I, tip I, I, that something else has happened. Right. Well, I get your points that you're making, but. I also see. Oh yeah, we actually we have a literal costume change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like this is a very consequential episode in more than one way. They're they're rocking their new uniforms. They're which rocking the they're new- rocking their new uniforms, which dates as in a future event is having had to have happened by now. A few a thing that we discover later has had to have already started occurring. So, and it's like for why outside the TV show did they change uniforms? Because they did for the movie. Exactly, yeah. First Contact. First Contact had new uniforms, hence everybody across... Well, Voyager is stuck in the uh, Delta Quadrant, so they keep the old ones, but there's new Starfleet uniforms 
for the alpha and beta quadrants. Mm-hmm. So, and in the show, why did Starfleet never addresses why? Like, yeah. why Starfleet issues new designs on their uniforms? I was waiting for them to, to bring that up. Yeah. Well, Bashir said, "How do you like my new uniform?" <laughs> right. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the single worst Bashir impression. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the point. Yeah. Does my uniform look any brighter to you? All right. So do we want to get into the nuts and bolts of this episode? Yeah. Basically, there's a painting at the beginning that they're all admiring that <laughs> right. the Cardassians have returned. The lost city of Bahala that he's looking for. It's this painting that the Cardassians stole that just returned. It's going to the State Museum in Ilvia. Cisco and Kira are admiring and Dax, and is, Dax like, is it's like, that's it. Yeah, that's all would be bigger. <laughs> I'm, I mean, just to go through, just to blow through the high points real quick. Cisco blows it up like computer enhance, computer <laughs> yeah. enhance. Right, yeah, yeah. Section D twelve does some CSI shit. Yeah, he gets his, his Photoshop. <laughs> Bontaka Spire is what the obelisk is. He gets a high res scan of it. Yeah, shrink it down to seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets a bright idea to put that shit in the hollow deck. And then that's when his troubles really begin. Because for some reason, and we're never really told why, that he gets shit electrocuted out of him. But once the obelisk, our control panel, zaps the shit out of Cisco, pretty and and now is it a faulty? Is it a faulty equipment? It depends on if you're a religious man, or if you're a uh, pregnant, just like the Starfleet, I guess. Kira would probably argue it's prophecy, because. Zokal's third prophecy says that only someone touched by the prophets can find Bahala. But the pragmatist and the realist and the scientist perspective would be it's not fate. It's Quark hasn't had the fucking things fixed in a long time. And the hollow suite needed maintenance. And Odo even takes Quark off later and is going to put him for trial for negligence. But yeah, there's like a plasma surge in the control panel because he's trying to unplug his file without turning off the computer first or shutting it down or search protector's not working right. And this plasma surge, which is the new Tetrion particles in DS9 this season is plasma surges because that past tense episode was also a plasma surge that set off Odo's genes that did that quantum leap episode. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking maybe like they could have tied that in and so maybe this is residual link. Yeah. Like his brain is more receptive because of yeah, this well, previous he, incident. But no. Right. No, he's got odd synaptic potentials is what Bashir diagnoses him with after this plasma surge. And he's like, my colors. And it's basically it gets Cisco high as fuck. And he's seeing every color's brighter. And he's seeing visions. And he's acting like a high person. And then and he's acting like a binge, oh, what's his name? Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, yeah. where he starts shaping shit with his food. His food that was yeah. a little bit that was a little bit much. On the on the nose. Yeah. That was on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh yeah, there's that. And then Yeah, Jake is questioning whether the Lingta roast is undercooked or not, which sorry, that's also brought up in the episode where Dax fucks Worf first time. Court throws a roast of linked leg on the table for the Klingon lady. Sorry. Yeah, and then, uh, but uh, um, 
Oh, then he started feeling like that he he was he was talking to me that this his obelisk is talking to him. Right. Well, yeah, he's he, and almost in, incidentally, it's like Cassidy Yates is in this episode. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, she comes back. She gets that. She does her stint in prison, and she's she's out. Yeah. And I guess that she's used primarily to show how distracted he is because he's un. He's not uninterested. He's basically he's basically uninterested in her. Well, it's. He's acting like a person that's high on, like, ecstasy or something. Jake is like, oh, you're going to cook that jambalaya for Cassidy. She's got her six-month stint is over, and she's coming back. And he's like, oh, whatever. And I had questions about how that lined up with uh, Garrick's nine-month stint or whatever, but that's It all. doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's a flaw. Yeah, that's what I figured. It's an acknowledged flaw. And also, um, Bajorans are going to join the Federation. That's the other big thing happening in the oh, background. Oh, yeah, that's the, big, the biggest thing as a part yeah, of yeah. this. The Bajor's petition. And then Kai Wynn shows up eventually. Right. Which means she's the first time I've ever said this. She's, like, the best thing about this episode. Yeah. She's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like what they've done with her character in this episode is, is oh, yeah, more interesting than anything they've done with her so far. So Right. Admiral Charlie, what's his name, is coming. He's like, Get that floating bicycle wheel ready for me for, you know, we're going to do the oh, yeah. serum. The petition is going to be on the station because the Bajorans love you so much. And then Quirk's excited because it's going to be busier than an Alhavian beehive. Foot traffic. The more people come in, the more they drink, the more they drink, the more they talk, the more they talk, the more they let slip things that I shouldn't know. And that, that always leads to Latinum. And then... Worf has like an ancient Chinese or an ancient Klingon proverb. Mm, yeah. You can't loosen a man's tongue with root beer. Yeah, I love that. And I wanted it to be like they have a look with each other. And I wanted it to be that he's just making ancient Klingon proverbs up. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like at that point, like just to fuck with people. But they don't do that. Right. Yeah. But they go in there. Cisco sitting in the hollow suite and having a Pog Tim Far which is a sacred vision. And Kira's like, oh, that's what you're doing? I'm completely on board. Kai Wen shows up and she's, you know, five years of freedom and I don't want to join the EU. You know, and she's like, they're openly going to try and stop this from happening. Right. And then Cisco finds Valhalla. Valhalla. And then, um, yeah, then Cassidy shows up. And it's not that he doesn't totally not care about Cassidy, but he's just like in a, he's tripping balls or whatever he's doing. And he's watching this obelisk. Cassidy comes in and like a person that's, I don't know, he's immediately just goes and makes out with her. And she's like, uh, I thought you might be mad at me because, you know, I helped out the Maquis. And she's like, I don't care, baby. What are you doing for the next few hours? Oh, but let's go to Bajor and... He's acting like a, a person that's high or a manic pixie dream boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, let's go do the, go on an adventure. And she's like, what? She's kind of wrapped up in it. And they go to, and then they find Bahala under 2,000 years of sediment and 200 feet underneath it because he's, he's, he's touched by the prophets, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I feel a little bit unsafe. Are you sure about this? And he's like, he wags his finger at her and says, You're being negative again. Don't fuck up my high right now. It's kind of Dune-like. Oh, yeah. He's taking the water of life. <laughs> yeah. So he can see many pathways to, to Valhalla. So, uh, yeah. So. It's, yeah. It's a lot like, except instead of the spice, it's just a, a, a real shock a plasma surge and and they find Bahala and that convinces Wynn that he's actually the emissary and she has to rethink everything and who's their enemies and blah blah blah. Uh that was a great scene. 
the, it was actually the, yeah. yeah yeah that kira has a scene with kai win where they talk about you know it takes courage to admit when you're wrong and kai win like plays <laughs> into her that was stops yeah, her yeah. stone cold like they go yeah. in tight on her face mm-hmm. and she yes. just delivers those lines perfectly like you don't think i've got courage <laughs> do you think you're the only ones who fought the Cardassians? and then she like lays out this whole kai win backstory right that just you and you realize that everybody who's bajoran that you've seen as a character has got their own story of being in the shit <laughs> right yeah, yeah, nobody they, they... got out of that occupation clean and if they're a bad guy or if they're a good guy now you know, at one point they had to, they, they've, they've all paid a like tremendous price, you know? Yeah. 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 Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. You know, like, oh, you, you people in the resistance think you're hot shit, but man, you had guns and shit. I didn't have anything. And, uh, I was a Vedic. If I was spouting off about the prophets, I was in a prison camp for five years while you were running around shooting people. So shut the fuck up about my courage. It's a weird thing to to have sympathy for somebody that you've held contempt for for so long. Right. And so it's a neat trick that they were able to do that so deftly yeah. in, in this episode. Right. And I think that we've gotten into, we've. I mean, just as the show's gotten better, we've gotten out of the habit because I think we feel less uh, moved to prove our point. But this is like where, you know, when we talk, it's the precursor of the Golden Age, the inclination for the show to do that with these characters, first with Dukat and then with her, and then like not to feel that you had to like fully reform them. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, but it's not like, you know, this doesn't stick. But like <laughs> by getting these sort of people who change their mind and, and make decisions for other than venal evil person reasons. Right. And this is uh, this is where the show works at its best. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that I like this show had a lot of good in it. Right. The way Louise Fletcher is like. That's true. Yeah. The way that she just says like when when the whole courage scene, when she's talking to Kira, she's like. Walk with the prophets, child. Like mm-hmm. she's just gritting her teeth. She's like, "Why don't you just go fuck yourself?" You know. But she says it that time. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's not even with this scene, but like even the scene later when he when he actually does go on his peyote trip. Oh yeah, yeah. And she has to like sort of she's the shaman. Right. Yeah. She's like, "Look, I know you're fucked up, but even even healthy people like mm-hmm. mainlining orb of the prophecy is pretty harsh, bro. Yeah. You sure you can handle this?" He's like, "But he's having to be sort of vulnerable to her, mm-hmm. and that that even increases that sort of because you're kind of like, what's that dirty bitch gonna do to him?' Right. But like, no, like you know, like, <laughs> and, she, and even she's she's willing to go along with it. But even she's like, "You sure you can do this?" Because she's yeah, because she's now legitimately concerned. I mean, she now like she's all on board. She's with. She's not ambivalent about him. She's on board with him as the prophet because he's now he's done everything you're supposed to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And all of this, I get all, all of this. The relationship with that, and then him coming out and doing like the faith healer bullshit, where it's like you know, oh, yeah. someone in the audience, their son hates them. Like you know, like oh, that was the admiral. <laughs> can I yeah. can I talk about the optics of the admiral just for one just for one minute? Sure. Because it it occurred to me that that the way that this admiral talks to him by having him be played by a African American you know actor the admiral mm-hmm. is in a position of power to have yeah basically he, he's trying to control ostensibly not just his career but sort of like his body <laughs> <laughs> trying to ha- like exert control over to get the 
you know, get the procedure yeah, yeah. done so his mind's not fucked up. Yeah. Uh, if if they had cast a white guy in an old white guy in that position, that could have been some very pretty fucked up optics. Yeah. It could have added a whole other layer to it. Oh yeah. That could have come up as kind of gross, I guess. So by having like another African American actor in a, in a position of power, it was really. I thought really well done. It was like a smart choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure if it was an accident or not. It was a smart choice, but I do I do have to say that between the the character from Maki, the I'm gonna get you supper sucker captain, who had a close tie close ties with Benjamin Sisko, and with this admiral who seemed like he was like had a really close tie with that a- admiral, more than Nicheyev or any of the other admirals that you see uh-huh. or Wilbur Ross later. Like, it does seem like maybe, like, it doesn't mean to, and they don't mean to, but it feels like that somehow Cisco came up through, like, Tuskegee or something. Like, oh, okay. like you know, like, that he, like, yeah. that he was in a more black part of, like, I, early yeah. on. Yeah. But it's not right. I mean, it's not right, but it seems like it should be beyond that. But, how, but like, what we've always said, the show wasn't made in the 23rd century. It was made in... 1990s right so the optics have to matter right well i mean i think like to hugh's point that's a better choice than making it a white guy yeah that that was my point yeah 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 but there's just that there's a downside to that too because it makes him seem less integrated i guess yeah yeah. once you do this enough yeah so but yeah no i get your 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 point is right i'm just saying yeah 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 Yeah, there's 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 a lot of different optics on it (laughs) yeah Things are fraught in many. <laughs> right, D- right. DS9 is a land of contradictions. Yeah, so. Yeah, like when like he goes down to Bahala and he's like, oh, hey, uh, Benjamin, what the fuck are you doing down here? And he's like, I need you back. And he's like, oh, well, I need to stay an extra day. He's like, oh, Jesus. Like, and they've set up in previous episodes, that last episode where we dealt with Cisco's the emissary to where he he pointed out like Starfleet does not like that he's the emissary and that he's caught up in all this religious Bajoran stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, Charlie, I need more time. Like, I don't even know this admiral's last name because Cisco just called him Charlie. <laughs> so they're on a first name basis. To your point, I guess. To so my point, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watley. Oh, okay. Yeah, Charlie see. Watley. The actor is uh, currently on The Shy, which I don't watch, but uh, yeah. he's on that show. But yeah, he's like, get your ass back up to see Bashir at 0700 for a physical and he's like uh you know. this is this is my problem that he's treating him like Cisco's got mental problems when he should be treating him like are the wormhole aliens showing you the future that's what they should be asking him right well i i mean that's yeah i guess so the way i saw it is it makes them look like it for it takes away the idea that there is a natural world that this is well that there is a natural explanation for what is going on with Bajor and the fucking wormhole and their gods well, and the, why he's the emissary. There's a there's a reason why he's the emissary that doesn't have to make Scott that doesn't have to make Starfleet skeezed out. Kowtow to religion. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that Starfleet realizes that their gods are real, but their their gods are also non corporeal wormhole. Aliens that don't exist in the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, they don't. So wouldn't it be nice if uh, Starfleet had an officer but, that had their had their personal cell phone number? But he's got to get wrapped up in like their bullshit. Those wormhole aliens are now exerting control over a Starfleet officer. Well, let's look at it at a different, like on a bigger scale. Starfleet has has got captains logs 
just chocked full of captains meeting non-corporeal beings that claim to be gods. Right, uh, right. They should have a better handle on how to handle these situations than they do. I agree. Right. In this, in the show. But they're always a little bit skeptical about alien gods because, with good reason, because half the time when Kirk meets these alien gods, even the ones that have made them gods of, of society, they might have ulterior motives that don't line up with Starfleet. So I see why they would be wary about sure, it. Sure, but I'm still, but, but still, that would be in the sake of scientific exploration. That would still be worthy to keep the avenue open, because you have okay. Let's take it like okay. So this is a this is a TOS episode, and Spock whatever comes in contact with someone inside uh, an alien entity that's holding a wormhole, and they talk to Spock, and they like Spock, and they have an affinity for Spock, and they will talk to Spock, and Spock can talk to them and reason with them. The next thing isn't like maybe you have bones trying to cut that off, but the Admiralty would want to like control it a little bit, but like pursue it more. It just seemed like they were treating him like he was crazy so they could get the the religious madman that's really touched by God. And that's the story they wanted to tell. And that that that's true, you know, and Starfleet's in a turkey spot here. But that's. What, Starfleet wouldn't even look at it that way. I don't know. I, I They would look at it as that it was a contact with another alien entity that is beneficial to them, especially if the Dominion War goes bad. I mean, I see your point, but I also, I still do see Starfleet's perspective a little bit on it. Like, these aliens are exerting an influence mm-hmm. over our captain who's our eyes and ears in this quadrant like starfleet doesn't run from scary things do they they examine them that's because they don't have an exploration look at admiral charlie watley here goes to see his friend cisco and he's acting like a high person and he's acting like a weird goofball that says you're really big under the high the high thing is inconsequential to what's actually going on but i watched this episode the second time and he's acting like not himself, which would be worrisome. Well, he's being in communion with an alien entity. The thing is, is that that they they don't have they have their political hat on. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. They don't have That's, their explorer hat, scientist hat on. They have their political yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to get Bajor to enter the Federation mm-hmm. and all that mumbo jumbo that comes with it. You know, the Admiral is just as pissed off that he's not there to meet them. You know, right. he's down there <laughs> yeah. in the ruins after he finds the lost city. And, and he, you know, he goes and meets with him and he's acting spacey and weird and he doesn't like because it because he's un- because he's communing with aliens. It doesn't matter why. Like if he were being a rational like and a guy he could talk with about it, but he's acting like a weirdo. But my point is, is that he's having a contact event. So you don't like why are you flummoxed that he's acting trippy? Yes, he's acting trippy. Something trippy is going on with him, but there's a scientific explanation for it that you could explore further. But also I see in that scientific explanation, he's not acting like a rational person. But he's uh, that's of concern. I don't care if he's having if he's in communion, these he's in a communion that is making him act irrationally. You're saying he's not he's not but he's finding things. He's actually de- like the proofs in the pudding. They're really showing him shit. Well, later on Watley does actually have a bit of a response with that when Cisco yeah. says your son Kevin yeah. is willing to let it go. That's when Watley says, "Oh shit." There is something to this. Mm-hmm. But I totally understand before then 
this guy's acting like a weirdo and he's uncomfortable with it and he wants to get him in line. It seems like he's not thinking it through. I don't like it when people don't think things through. I don't like that. Like, especially people that are supposed to be smart and capable. And well, I think that you could. There's there's a little bit of hand waving that he has his political hat on and not his explorer hat. Yeah, that's true. Because because an an admiral is an administrator, and he actually does a good job of laying out what he needs from from Cisco. You're our eyes and ears here. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. He doesn't have a scientist hat on. He doesn't have his explorer hat on. He's got his administrator hat on. I need a political action to be executed here Mm -hmm. and i need you you, to do it this is not my job to do this shit it's your job you know yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, and then then later on he's like i don't see cisco it's not just that he's communing with these aliens he's acting oddly and even when it gets to the point where it gets to the point where he's acting like he's high i like it the second time watching through that's why i keep harping on it he's acting like a He's tripping balls the whole time. And when he comes through and says, I'd rather be high than alive, they're like, what the fuck? You have a son. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, but it feels good to have these visions, too, and I need to see it through. And Cassidy's like... Well, but ultimately, I mean, it led him to... base. I mean, spoiler alert, it led him to basically save the entire planet of Bajor. Yeah. So, I know, like... Because like, if they had signed the fucking treaty, they would have been annihilated. So like I get that part of it too, yeah. So so, but I mean, if you're telling a story, you want to have the fact that they don't understand it. I mean, I don't know. It's conflict. I guess he me. Uh, yeah, it is conflict. But, but we had all of the pieces to understand it. Well, so it's irritating that he doesn't. What, what what's irritating is that they don't use any of. I I understand the admiral's position. Yeah, the, the admiral in the story does a good job of laying out his his personal needs. You know, in in his position as admiral, hmm. but the rest of the crew is is almost absent. They're not utilized at all into like as a problem solving unit. And to, in like, no way did they right. talk about the problem as a natural scientific right. event, which is what's going on. They kind of well, they yeah. Well, if you're telling a religious story through a sci fi lens, you don't want to scrap it and just talk about the science all the time. You want to talk about they have the scenes with the peanut gallery. There's mighty good people on both sides. Yeah. You could have had the sci fi like you could have had the science aspect of it addressed somewhat since it is a F- well they I feel like when Bashir said, Well he is the emissary, yeah. it makes Bashir look like he believes that he's touched by Bajor gods. Yeah. But what what he could say is no, the motherfucker is a he's got he's got the fucking wormhole aliens on Bluetooth. That's what's going on here. But yeah, I mean, and they can see the that's future. What he, that's kind of what he means to an extent, too. But right? he doesn't but, say that. At no point do they speak of it in non. They they that came out like a faith healer, like a, or like you know one of those John Edwards like talks of the dead people, and he comes out like that, and then he it was like, oh wow, it was incredibly accurate. Of course, it's incredibly accurate. There's the fucking wormhole aliens that are talking to him. Right. Why Why are you shocked? All of the explanation for everything that's going on has been given to us. Already. Right, but I mean, they're—I don't know what to—I mean, because it would be boring if they just bought all of it, because that's the story that they're yeah, telling. And they, yeah, and I think that's ultimately my critique of this episode is that it needed, oh, well, it needed more. I think the political—I think I think the political stakes were there were political stakes, not scientific ones. Yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, at the beginning of the episode, we had Kira who was on board with becoming a member of the Federation. She even explains her journey of like five years ago, not down for this. Now I'm down for it. Then this happens, and Cisco changes her mind again. 
Right. And right. so that's sort of like the and, and the bad guy goes through the same journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what makes it interesting too, because she's like, Well, fuck, before I knew who my enemies were, now I don't fuck. So, you know, so she's all like, of that stuff, how you could have fixed that and added a more and made it to fix the problem that I'm talking about is all of that stuff can stay. And then when Cisco runs in and says, We can't do this, you can't do it, and basically chases Bajor away from joining the Federation. Right. Then you could have a scene where Watley comes to him later and goes, I know you saw something. And I know that the wormhole aliens are real, and I know you saw something. Right. Give us a little intelligence. What did you see? Right. And then you could tease the Dominion more a little bit. Well. Well, and see, that's what they kind of did that because they he goes. Did. Yeah, yeah. They, at the end, where Watley goes, you got to give me something, and then Cisco says, "It's gonna happen someday. I got yeah, you." Yeah. And, he, yeah. and Watley's like, "All yeah. right, all I'll keep right. The, I'll keep the champagne <laughs> on ice. It's all I guess right. I'm saying that there's no instinct to use what Benjamin Cisco saw as actual intelligence. Wouldn't that would work when that would be helpful for them right yeah well i guess well they put the problem the problem of the intelligence or not intelligence uh gets overshadowed by his actual health in the third act yeah that's true too. yeah and yeah. and that and they, they, that's what's dealt with a lot because at one point you just like you want the motherfucker to take his medicine and he won't yeah like he won't and it, like they know. go in cassidy and jake are kind of a unified front like almost like an intervention to go along with your drug thing yeah yeah <laughs> he has charlie talk to kevin your son it's going to be okay hey lady the caterpod harvest is going to be great hey you dude get the fuck out you're not supposed to be here yes sir then he has this vision of a cloud at bahala and it's a cloud of locust and then they go to cardassia and he's like what do the locusts represent he's like well i think they represent the dominion if you ask me and he's even he he mentions the coming Dominion War is a thing that he's had a vision of in this episode. So it's not spoilers anymore to say that the Dominion War happens. Yeah. And then he falls apart a little bit and his basal ganglia are depolarizing. And so Bashir has to do surgery to fix him or else he might die. But he's like, No, I can't do it. I have to see this thing through and I like being high all the time. I don't know. And Cassidy Yates is like, what the fuck, man? You have a kid. And again, this feels like something like a crazy person on having drug tripping would be like, Mm -hmm. I remember when you were five minutes old, Jake, and I was holding you and I was thinking about what you were going to grow up to be. But now it's like I'm holding the whole universe and the whole universe is my baby now. So sorry, son, (laughs) I'm not going to take the surgery. It's like, that's crazy. No, I mean, he's a... I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's I like a crazy person would say that. I don't care if you're having a religious. Well, thing. I know, but they're but they're doing both of. I mean, he's doing both of the things. Yeah, yeah. In the course of the episode, he's not being crazy. He's that's the problem. That's the the problem with your theory, is that in the show he's not being I'm, crazy. I'm not. I didn't say crazy. I said he's acting like a high person, and he well, is. Well, that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything. I meant to the rationality does, of the decisions that he makes. He's not. It means like I I wouldn't trust a person acting like that, even if I knew they were in communion with a higher life form. I'd be like questioning what was going on. Then that would re- then your your response would probably be to ask him more questions about what's going on instead of just treating him like he's got a mental problem. Well, which when, is how they treat him in the episode. When, when I talk to a guy and he doesn't say anything and I poke him and he's like, "Well, well." And you can't get a word out of him. How do you, like, I don't know. Yeah, but the last time he did this, he 
opened up the wormhole. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, he wasn't he wasn't acting like this last time. He was like, I don't really spy well, it. But we then, don't know. We saw him in the wormhole. We don't know what like his corporeal form was doing. You know, he's, like, I, I, I don't know. This is fine. I just I don't understand what the focus of like what the theme of this episode is supposed to be. Is it bad that he was in community and didn't take care of his family? I mean, it's... Or is he a man? I, I think mean, that... Here's what it is. Slisko and his relationship with the Federation is not what he thought it was, what we thought it was going mm-hmm, to be. Yeah. yeah. That is that is abundantly clear. That if he has a choice to, to, to make between his role as the emissary and his part to play in the fate of Bajor and his standing within the Federation, he will choose... Now, going forward, it's clear that he will choose the emissary, even to his own detriment. Right. Okay. And that's what I was going to say. Are we supposed to think that's a bad thing or not? I don't think there's a moral jump. I don't think there's a moral judgment on it. What I like about this episode is that it's not good or bad. It's a, yeah. it's not one or the other. Yeah. It's well, it's, but it is. It it's is more in, complicated than that. It's not black or white. It is indicative of where he goes. Yeah. I mean, it's very indicative of where the show ends up. Oh, yes. Up. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it is, but I don't think... But it, the, the show doesn't have a moral judgment as to whether whether or not that's bad or good. But I feel like it was establishing that way, like that don't you fucking get... You didn't even make Jambalaya for Cassidy. You ass, you selfish ass. I think that's right. what the show is treating it like. I think that was the I, theme of the show. It was, and but also... But that's just objectively in the course of Deep but, Space Nine. That's the improper way to treat no, this part of the story. It's doing it's doing both, though, James. It's that's He's treating his son like an asshole, but also, it's also... The other side is also true. It's not one or the other. It's both. But my point is, is like, that like I disagree that it needs has to be one. But that sappy ass scene, where like, don't you even care that Cassidy's back? Yeah, he should. And then he's got to go like, oh yeah, I'm glad. Why should you're saying that scene shouldn't be there? I, well, because he ultimately redacted. Oh, I know, oops. and you know, Avery Brooks doesn't like that he does that either. <laughs> but that's dumb. I like it. Yeah, we we're gonna revisit this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, but let's yeah. suffice to a say couple of times, that yeah. yes, that this will come up again. Do you know that Cassidy Yates is in not another episode until Beyond the Stars? What? Yep. She's only like in what seventeen episodes in the whole series. Yeah. That's a damn shame. Right. Yeah, she's not in another episode until Beyond the Stars. I think I'm right on that. Do you guys have any more final thoughts on this episode? Well, let's see. Where did we get? Did O'Brien even appear on camera? Yeah, he did. That's where I know he had talked the faith. over he talked over a Something. He did. He was there in the background for a minute. Right. They have like the peanut gallery scene where they're on ops and everybody's and O'Brien is the kind of like, why the fuck is he not getting the surgery? And Kira's like, oh, but he's the emissary. It, we have to have faith. And it's like, I'd rather Julian take care of him mm. than faith. And then Worf is like, I'm with Kira. I believe in faith. And I like that part of Worf. Yeah. Yeah, and Dax is like, oh, shit, man, my boyfriend is religious, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, I I believe in faith. I was like, well, I'm not really going to, it's not worth betting your life on. And and Kira's like, no, it's everything. You have to do it. Yeah, I mean, but I think that she, I think that you can, like, later on it might be different, but I think that Dax could very easily discount Worf's faith as a... uh, like a fourth generation Jamaican American turned into Rastafarianism. <laughs> like you, you know, you want to do that as a part of the culture that you can't get your hands well, around. I, I don't quite get worse. Like Klingons killed their God. So who gives a fuck about it? But I guess but they're definitely they have the different. I mean, it's ancestor worship. Yeah. 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 Essentially. Well, they, yeah. And they, they have a 
Afterlife still yeah, core. Been, yeah, they they have have still yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, Wade, what else you got? Then, yeah, they have the other right to die scene, which Star Trek loves to do for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DNRs were very big in the writer's room. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I guess this was the age of Kevorkian and stuff, so maybe they yeah. had, that could I could see them having heated arguments about that. Right, because, yeah, even the Admiral is like, all right, let's do the surgery, and Julian's like, I'm sorry, uh, he was very adamant he didn't want the surgery, so now I just have to make things really uncomfortable for Jake. Sorry, ethics laws. Also, yeah, we're going to have to revisit this later, but quote-unquote Bashir does a long-form long brain surgery, high-risk brain surgery to Cisco, oh, right. and it comes out fine. Yeah. Oh, I have theories about why that's okay, but we'll get there. Uh, Yeah. Got to repolarize his ganglial sheaths. Yeah. And then he has, when is like, well, uh, his son's a son of a bitch. She should have let him die. And Kira's like, what the fuck? It's his son. It's like, well, I believe the prophets wanted him to die. And then Kira's like, maybe the prophets, mm. we need to have faith that this is like, maybe it's okay to save the guy. Mm-hmm. We need to just trust. Did God not give us medicine to heal the sick? Right, yeah, right. So, yeah. And and the admiral is yeah pissed, but he can't get rid of Cisco now because the, I would decommission you and strip your badge or whatever. But if I did that, the Bajorans would be pissed because they love you as the emissary, and we'd never get them to join. So it's kind of like, all right, fine, mm. you can stay. And then they have the jambalaya welcome back party. For Cassidy, and she also welcomes back Cisco, and they have the scene where they're holding hands. So it's, it's like a new little family at the end, mm-hmm. and that's the end of it. Yep. All right, you guys want to give me your uh, rewatch meter? Mm-hmm. Let's see, I'd give this one seven point seven. <laughs> on on your on on you re- your rewatch meter. <laughs> Yeah, well, sure. yeah well, I think he's suggesting that we should take it up to 100. <laughs> we should do it as a... F- oh, uh, not 77. Sorry. Yeah, six. No, seven, eight. Oh. I like this 7. one. 7.7 is fine. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll give it a four. I didn't... I mean, I, I, I it held my attention. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, it held my attention. A four? That's probably where I am, too. I mean, I liked it. I think, I think it was a good episode that I liked. I can't ever imagine wanting to watch this episode. Yeah. Like and, and, and put it on. I think if it was on when I was getting my oil changed, I would unmute it <laughs> and make everybody in the, the car dealership watch it with me. That's where Yes. Yes. Right. See I might watch it as like a uh oh shit, the uniforms are different. Let me see what happens here. <laughs> Cause they, when they change those, you know, the new in- uniforms and yeah. Cisco has a weird uniform in this episode that he doesn't have later on. No, it's the jacket the, version. Yeah, it's that's the captain's lounging. They always every time you have a new uniform, you have to have a, a way for the captain to stand out differently. Have a jacket, mm. yeah. Yeah. Picard had that awful Terry or suede jacket. Right. Or wasn't awful. Terry. Oh yeah, yeah. Did. And he's got he's got Cisco has the vest with the kind of jacket over it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he has it later on. I think they get rid of it, but maybe not. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do we, uh, what, what's the. Yeah, what's the... I need you guys to guess on what you think the good people of IMDb think of this episode. They hate Bajoran religion episodes, but I'm going to give, say, a seven. I'm going to go a 7.7. 7. All right. 
Well, this has got 721 votes, and it's a 7.3. All right. Split. Yeah, you get closer. Oh, wait, wait, get closer. Yeah, I knew one. that it was, I was overly confident because I had some inside information that mm-hmm. um, Ronald... Uh, <laughs> been holding out on us? Uh, it was the only time I had some inside information. I received and Bayer said they usually hate the religious episodes, but for some reason, the audience didn't hate this one. Hmm. So, I don't know. But the, it is probably the best uh, one yet, or like the highest rated one yet. On the IMDb meter. Oh, yeah. But um, so next week we have a episode called The Darkness of the Light, and it's about Kira and her old comrades are killing her. It's the first uh, story we have by uh, Brian Fuller. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe the only story. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. No, he's got another one after that. Too. Yeah. But, and I, I don't remember shit jack shit about this episode, but after this, you get an order The Begotten for the Uniform in Purgatory Shadow. By Inferno's Light and Dr. Bashir, I presume. It is some of the biggest, most important episodes. And, oh, and I will just, I've said for years that For the Uniform may be my favorite episode of Deep Space Nine. So, wow. Yes. And that, that two parter, For the Uniform and In Purgatory Shadow. Yeah. I remember wow. that, like, all of my love from War, of Worf comes from that episode. And I haven't oh. watched it in 10 years. So, uh, oh shit, that's nerve wracking. Huh? <laughs> I, I got to face, I got to face, uh, I got it. You know, it's time to see if it's what I think it is. But no, I, yeah. So, all of these albums, episodes are huge. Yeah. Yeah. And by the end, we'll have uh, a, a war, a war's afoot. All right. all right. We did get some precursor, also Cisco emoting that maybe reminded me the most of, say, like, Far beyond the stars or whatever, but when he when they bring him back, it's like you took it away. Yeah, you took them away. Yeah, they did do that. <laughs> I thought that Penny Johnson got the overacting award for this one. She did. Yeah. Don't they, you care? Like, yeah. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I did notice that too. Yeah. Uh, and for the uniform, it's written by Peter Allen Fields, so you get him back. It's looking like a good, looking like a good old time here uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. So buckle up. All right. Well, are we going to move on now to voicemails and emails? Uh, Let's. You took them away! We had no choice. We were dying. I almost had it. Almost understood it all. Now it's gone. All right. Welcome to voicemails. (laughs) Let's just start listening to some. (laughs) This one... I believe is John from Pennsylvania. Hey, my Ferengi friends, it's uh, John from Pennsylvania again. Um, I I really like that recap uh, of all the the voicemails you got about the uh, tri- tri- trials and tribulations episode. Um, Bucky with the good hair, I would agree with you a million percent. Um, and I feel like that was the success of um, the Orville was that it was just was totally going for that the next generation nostalgia instead of the TNG nostalgia. Um, that's, that was his like call about it. And also you're like really well-spoken, my dude, man, I'm embarrassed to call after you. <laughs> oh, and I'd also <laughs> like to ask you guys, um, you guys mentioned uh, that you felt like the Ryan Johnson's, the last Jedi was very Ryan Johnson. And I like, love that movie and would totally agree. Um, do you guys think you'd ever do like a star Wars, um, episodes? Um, that would be like an excuse for me to subscribe to your Patreon account if it got me your Star Wars episodes. Um, I would love to gush about how much I love The Last Jedi. Man, that movie is hated for the right reasons and the wrong reasons. 
And those are the reasons why I love it, because it makes everyone unhappy besides me. So <laughs> have a good night. Have a, have a good whatever time of day it is there. Um, and I hope to hear your next episode. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we all... We all loved it, didn't we? I know that yeah. that's not oh, normal. Uh, I, I, saw, Jedi? I saw it only once in the theater, but my and yeah, I did too. Yeah, my initial reaction was like, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming I'm going to buy it this week at some point. I know. Yeah, it came I out. probably oh. will. I'll probably buy it and do a rewatch, and then maybe we can we can do a maybe an we can do it because I because yeah. I, I always felt like the complaints about it were like a weird moving target. That's a great way to put it. Like where I don't I don't feel like anybody everybody's complaints were so all over the place, and I think it was because it was the emotional lashing out uh, about something, and I don't. Like I just didn't know what it what these guys wanted, you know, or something like like what did you expect? But like now it looks like that they're all kind of centering on well the movie's quality, but it wasn't a Star Wars movie. Basically, and, and it is what we think. It's Stoner's this shit on my childhood, you know. Right, yeah. With they did not like how Luke was handled. And I, yeah, and, and it's one of those things. And the Leia like but these guys but I don't ever remember them being happy. Like I there's always this mm-hmm. malcontent segment of the Star Wars fandom that just have their arms crossed and nothing's ever as good as what they had in their mind. Right. Whether it be Rogue One or The Force Awakens. I mean I've there's, I remember just as much bitching about Rogue One and The Force Awakens. There was, yeah, there was a yeah, there was as a ton- this. Well, I I think that it was different here because it was <laughs> those weren't as good movies. Yeah, oh, I, no, um, well, no, I, I think, mean, I, I think like, I like, I enjoyed both of them, but I feel like Last Jedi is better than. Both I movies. think that they, the fans, appreciated how Han Solo was killed. But I think that they thought that they needed some sort of Luke. I didn't hear about what they appreciated. I heard about what they hated. It was like, and they, well, they it was hated. The same, they, it was this, they hated the fact that it was the same. It was like a, a similar template as the first one, and they they didn't like Ray, mm-hmm. or they didn't like Ray's power. Like just the fucking. They're all so caught up in the rules of how what a Jedi can do, or a Force sensitive person can do, or can't do. There was a lot of that. Yeah. 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 It was like get. Get off my dick about that. It, it was a, it was a fun. It was a good movie. You're just you're just nitpicking <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> right, just, yeah. 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 And I don't think that they were nitpicking. They were all nitpicking or like around the edge. <laughs> right. As a fan of nitpicking bullshit. Let's not take. Let's not. Let's say. Let's not jump on our, anyone's dick. Well. We're gonna discount the whole our whole podcast, but no, but <laughs> no, but the the they were <laughs> no, distinctly right. knit like their issues were distinctly like that they ugh, fuck it was like that they I felt like they were they wanted the mysteries they wanted Ray to be fucking Luke Skywalker's daughter or Obi Wan's daughter they're into these lineage shits and like the idea that like no. Pretty much anybody can do this shit. Like it's not, it's not that fucking hard, you right. know. Like that was the, that was a shit in their in the face. You know? I will I will say, and I'm not proud of like when I saw I saw it on opening night, <sighs> and the people I saw it with, we had watched Empire the night before, and we went and watched uh, Last Jedi. They hated the movie, and I, they were mad. And they're these are smart. Very smart movie going 
critical audiences they work at like film forum and and all these fancy hipster theaters in uh new york mm-hmm. and they were mad and at the time i you know i was with a group i'm I followed the crowd i'm i'm ashamed of myself mm-hmm. because they were like it was i and at the time then it's like oh it felt like it it was setting luke up as such a badass and then he just was dead at the end of it anyways and i was like oh but then like going back in the on rewatches, like I, I appreciate more what the movie was doing. But like that first time, I was like, it was kind of a letdown, almost like, oh, it looks awesome, and he's he's come back and done this awesome thing, and then he just kind of kills over and falls on over because he exerted him, he overworked himself to death mm-hmm. instead of like, which is that's a little bit disappointing. Or did he make? Or did the the whole thing? was a sacrifice that he knew he was going to have to do. So he sacrificed well, his life to that, do the whole thing to begin with. That is what it is. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But at the same time when you're watching the movie and it's like, "Oh my god, Lucas and he and he says to Kylo, "I'll see you around." Except he won't cuz he's dead now. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, well, the force ghost. There's force ghost. Exactly. He'll force ghost it. I know. I I, I agree. I I yeah, I agree with y'all. You're right. But in watching it and a little bit that's some people, you know, were kind of annoyed with that and they thought it was a cop out. Jeez. I disagree. I disagree with that, but that's what some people are like, Oh, he'd said he'd see him. And then mm-hmm. if he doesn't come back as a force ghost, people are going to be pissed. And uh, you know, yeah, he's totally going to come back as a force ghost. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like, I don't know. And this was the first time that I had, and I don't like playing this card, but this is the first time that I, I felt like I was, I was watching a, like with Force Awakens, I was more excited about it than either one of my kids were. But like with this, I felt like like that was totally like like that was a movie that Daniel will watch and remember. Right. You know, and in the way that like, you know, Empire was for me when I was a kid. So you you think about these movies as you start thinking about them as a legacy, right? Or as generational. And once that happened, I, yeah, I get it. Sweep. I mean, I, I be graceful to Mark Hamill and and you know Carrie Fisher's remembrance, but like you know sweep these people out of the show and let's take it somewhere new. And I felt like that's the part is that you're your toys are no longer yours. Right. And that was the part that really sort of irritated me about the backlash to, to last Jedi is that like, there is an ownership to people of our generation. And I think, I think, yeah, exactly. It's people feeling ownership and it is subverting the expectations, which is what makes it such a great film for me is that it, it subverts those expectations. And if you go along with it, it earns it, like the whole Canto Blight uh, thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are people got mad about that because it felt like a non sequitur, but it's like it's showing you know like the capitalism's. Yeah, it, hey, it, that like that was not it. those people. The people who are, who don't like the casino stuff. Well, because they feel like mm-hmm. it, they're mm-hmm. they're being up to some purpose. Well, they mm-hmm. feel like they go through the all the casino stuff and they they don't solve anything. I understand why they feel like that from like a certain perspective, but for what well, it's, it's, because it's not that so much that they don't solve anything, so that they make it worse. Like it actually yeah, yeah, it all Exactly. And it's like, you know, it's 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 Poe goes out there and it's Poe's big idea and Poe's a dumbass and he he's wrong. Yes. And he's and these people are used to, you know, like wait, Poe's the hero and he turns out to be wrong and it feels like 
it's pulling the rug out from under. Mm-hmm. But that's why that's what makes the movie great for me. You know, mm-hmm. like, but oh shit. It's about learning a lesson. We should be talking about this on the Patreon post. <laughs> he ain't paid us for that. He should be. He mm. should be getting this shit for free. Oh shit! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> shut it down! Shut it down! We'll we'll talk about this a lot more when we all buy the DVD and yeah yeah I'll have the yeah I'll buy the DVD this weekend I bet or the Blu-ray or whatever I'll probably just buy the digital download. Uh, that's that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. the, yeah, nobody yeah, buys physical media anymore yeah i'm now getting to the point where i just buy like shit that i would have totally not bought like that young marks movie which i knew would have sucked i just <laughs> bought it because i didn't want to feel like having to correlate subtitles to streaming movies or, <laughs> so you, know, you didn't like, want to steal the socialist well movie? i would have totally stole it and then i realized like oh there's gonna be like a subtitle nightmare because it's spitting like four languages oh yeah and so i was like well, fuck it i'll just get and everybody's got heavy accents even when they're speaking english so i'm just like ah fuck it i'll just buy it at least that way I know that the yeah. subtitles will work. Right. Now that I can afford to buy things, I feel bad and sometimes that's, when yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. But he was also right about, you know, Bucky with a good hair's uh, thoughts on... Oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> on, uh, and the Orville, which he's right. I didn't think of that when Bucky said it. But that's exactly what the Orville's given me, and that's maybe why I'm liking it so much. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I'm not even going to disagree with those thoughts on the Orville. That's what the Orville does. It mm-hmm. is TNG nostalgia, and yeah, that's what yeah. I like about it. Yeah, so, I mean, we won't talk for 10 minutes on that because we agree with you, <laughs> Yes, John. Yes, we do. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh, um. This is Alex from Minneapolis. And uh, imagine my surprise, James, listening to the most recent episode, the most recent episode being about uh, Tarak Noir. What if... Uh, Wait, oh, never mind. Wrong. He called back. Okay, because that because that scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> James, <laughs> James, I'm going to murder you. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like what's his beef with me? What's his problem with me? <laughs> Look outside your window right now, James. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, this is Alex from Minneapolis, and I, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a Patreon subscriber, and uh, so imagine my surprise. I'm listening to the Things Past episode. And James is talking about RoboCop actors that were in Star Trek yeah. and made a point of saying Ray Wise has not been in Star Trek, which is just sense. not true, because he is the weird, like, prehistoric Vulcan guy that wants to sacrifice Pamela Adlon to the Picard. Um, now, James, I, 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 I'm usually... Uh, in in your camp, I'm, I'm usually on your side of things. So uh, instead of the gulag, I'm merely <laughs> recommending you for uh, re-education. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wade. Oh shit. I'll keep up. Keep it. Keep him in line. <laughs> I enjoy the show. Uh, looking forward to what comes next. Have a good day. I got called out on the Discord for that pretty immediately too. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I totally forgot. Pamela Adlon is in a Adlon is in an episode of. Where she was young. TNG. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh shit. Like uh, Louis, Louis C.K.'s C- 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 muse, C- not necessarily <laughs> girlfriend, but probably. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I need to. I, I did totally like. I haven't done an extensive rewatch of TNG in years. As some things have slipped through the cracks. Uh, I love Ray Wise, though, and I will go back and watch that episode, I promise you guys. Because Ray Wise is fucking amazing. 
in like everything, but specifically in Twin Peaks, which everybody knows I'm a big nut for. So, yep, uh, I got that wrong, and I, I got no excuse for it, guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I I forgive you. Uh, um, I'm going to murder you in your sleep. No, maybe maybe, maybe not that. I, I, but uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, now, now, I'm now I'm trying to think of every Twin Peaks actor that's in. Oh shit! T- Star Trek. <laughs> McLaughlin. He needs to be. He, he yeah. needs to be the heavy in season two. There should two be a. There should be a d- database of the, d- for cross referencing. McLa- Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, there's, I think there is on IMDb. I just don't know how to do it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think there is some way on IMDb. I've just never learned. Yeah, you can Google an actor and see if they're on yeah, memory alpha. Yeah. All right, Wade. So uh, if people want to get a hold of us, what should they do? Well, they should give us a call if they want to. <laughs> if, even if you don't want to give us, no, you do whatever you want to do. Give us a call at 917-408-3898. Call the Kickers of Elves hotline number. And tell us what you think about whatever you want to talk to us about. Or if you're international and you you have to pay exorbitant rates to call a telephone number these days, you can send us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. We take voicemails over there sometimes or emails, you know, whatever. Do that as well. And if you want to go above and beyond, give us some money or... Or find <laughs> <laughs> give some money. It's my favorite uh, Spinal Tap song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give, some give me some money. Uh, yeah, but if you give us money, we will also give you other things. We have a lot of uh, other extra content mm-hmm. over at the Kickers of Elves Patreon at patreon.com slash kickers of elves. So we got a lot of stuff over there, our miscellaneous thoughts. Unlike the Street Fight podcast, we will not send you Kratom, though. Nope. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Yeah. I don't know know how to get my hands on Kratom, and I don't really I don't either. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to send us Kratom, I'm sorry. I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't think I... I don't have a P.O. box, (laughs) or I don't really want it. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, not this is not. Don't take this as an anti-kratom position. We are no. What you're kratom agnostic here? What is kratom? It's like it, synthetic methadone. No, or something? it's natural hair. It's like a <laughs> people who are legitimately addicted to opiates based on chronic pain say that kratom cures the chronic. It's like the CBD of like opium. Like it's it cures the pain without getting you high or like you know upsetting your life. Oh. And the FDA is trying to crack down on it because it's a, it's a natural existing herb, but it does, it isn't. It sounds uh, like everybody should, it should be, it's the cure for what nails it, is the problems in this country. It does. Yeah, 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 that's that's the street fight position, which is why they give out Kratom. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, yes oh, okay. I, I don't know enough. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to wade into that this debate, but I'm sure... Yes. Whatever your opinions on it, you're right. Many, many sides. Sorry to side jail us here. <laughs> All right. No, so uh, <laughs> that's, we should, can I say goodbye to everybody? Yeah, do it. All do right. it. Do it. Just All get right, three us out to, of this. End it. Three to beam out, fuckers. <laughs> Boop. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line? 
where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes. They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.